God bless you. Thank you for joining us today. Happy Valentine's. You may be seated. We're going to uh, begin a brand new series this morning entitled Growth. Everybody say growth. And uh, the Lord put in my heart back around New Year's that 2010, we were just kind of flag it as a year of growth. And I'm not necessarily talking about numeric growth for the church. I do believe that there will be significant growth again this year. Um, but that's a secondary kind of thing. The growth that we need to focus in on is personal growth, spiritual growth. And we want to begin to talk about that in some detail, in some depth today. And a very, very important thing. The Bible tells us that we're to grow. Uh, it's an important thing that we all grow. I said it's an important thing that we, need to gr- that we all need to grow. How many of you would admit right at the get-go, I, yeah, I need to grow? Okay. Um, with growth in mind, I just couldn't pass. And I had kind of a weird week being sick and everything, but this came to mind. And so if this is a bad idea, it worked great for first service. But there was a movie in 1957 called The Amazing Colossal Man. And uh, something happened with him. He got exposed to some kind of whatever, and he grew and he grew and he grew. And I, I don't know. I just wanted to see it. So I found the trailer for it. So I wanted to show it to you real quick here. So if you could roll The Amazing Colossal Man. a girl who loved a man. It's Valentine's Day. A kissing. man who, in a flash, became a living threat to humanity. A danger so awe-inspiring that they tried to hide his existence from the world. Wait, it gets better. What happened? What made him grow? Glenn Manning is growing from 8 to 10 feet a day. The moment, he's 18 feet tall. Tomorrow, he'll be 26 feet. The next day, 35, maybe 40. And the next day... But you've got to stop it! Growing. 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 I don't want to grow anymore! Day and night, scientists search, trying every experiment their brilliant minds can conceive. Finding the expected, the unexpected, and the shocking. For the immeasurable power of this ever-growing mammoth portends a fate that terrifies the universe. Drive it in hard. We have to penetrate the bone in the first ejection. Ready? Look out, it's reaching down! We want to help you to get well. Manning's disappeared, Eric. We can't find him anywhere on the grounds. Police Chief Benson has asked me to tell you to stay in your homes. Stay in your homes. A man once loved by a woman, now feared by the whole world. A 60-foot giant in the streets of Las Vegas. That's when they really made movies. I do believe that's the first time it's ever been showed in church. How many of you in the church you came from, they never showed that. So you're probably saying, why on earth? And if you're visiting with us, hang on, we do something different every week. Last week we had a fire drill. Uh, 
Why would he show that in church? Because you'll remember it. And we're talking about growing and growing and growing. And I pray you never get to the place where you say, I don't want to grow anymore, you know. Anyway, um, I had a little weirdness this week, so thank you for indulging me. But this will help you to uh, capture hold and, and remember what we're talking about today. The Bible tells us in Second um, Peter chapter 3, good, he's getting to the Bible. Uh, it says, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and forever. We are to grow. Everybody say grow. We won't turn to it right now, but in Second Peter chapter 1, it said that grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And goes on to add some other things. It says, who has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him. And so we're to grow in grace and knowledge and the, the benefit, the produce of grace and knowledge will be peace, but also it will be this. You will have everything you need for life and for godliness. And all of this is tied in with growth, and we all must grow. As believers, we're designed to grow. Something is wrong if you don't grow. Let me also say this. Something will be wrong if you don't grow. So in our lives, and we're not just talking about physical growth like this goofy movie here, but in our lives, we're to be growing. In disciplines, we're to be growing. In, in manners, in, in a number of things, relationships, we are to be growing. And if you're not growing, something's wrong. If you're not growing, something will be wrong as well. Um, when I was in sixth grade, that was last century. Um, when I was in sixth grade, I started playing trumpet. And uh, I took to it pretty quick, and I was loving it and enjoying it. And my mom found in some music store this book, and it had like some current pop tunes, and it had a cassette. How many of you remember cassettes? And on the cassette was a band, instrumental backup. And so, man, it was wonderful because I could go in my room with my cassette player, which is like this big, you know. And if you ran it by batteries, I think you had to have like 20 of them, you know, and, uh, I would go in there and I was able to put on a song and find it in the book and I could play along. It's like I had my own orchestra. And so it was an awesome, awesome thing. And I remember I was really working this one song called Windy. You remember that one? Everyone knows it's windy. Okay. Well, I got working on that song and my mom just thought that's extra good. And my grandma had come over and her name was Nola. Anybody here named Nola? That name never did catch on good, but, um, (laughs) hey, when y'all have your neck or no, okay, never, never, she said no, um, grandma came over and my mom and my mom said, go get your trumpet and play Wendy for grandma. So I came out and I'm playing, I, you know, and I'd only been playing a little bit and it's like, I'd only been playing a little bit, and it's like, you know, and grandma and mom thought it was just wonderful. Matter of fact, I did too. I remember going back in my room, yes. But moms and grandmas, they don't know, okay? 
Okay, and that was good for that day highlight. Obviously, I remembered all these all these years later. But guess what? As time went on and I auditioned for bands and auditioned for college and different things like that. What if I showed up for my college audition? And go, my name is Tim Gilligan. and Today I'll be playing for you, Wendy. <laughs> and what if I was still at the same level? And <laughs> You know what? It would be a joke. And yet, in our lives, spiritually, emotionally, educationally, relationally, all kinds of things, we arrive at a certain level. Mom and grandma thinks it's just swell. And in certain close and safe settings where it really doesn't matter, they think that's just awesome. And you know what? It will not serve you well, and we must grow. Everybody say, we must grow. And as individuals, it's a personal growth, but that personal growth really cannot happen without spiritual growth. And that's kind of what I want to talk to you about here today. As believers, and incidentally, that is the most important thing you can become is a believer. And if you're not a believer today, I pray that by the time we're done, you'll step across that line today and make that decision. Go, you know what? I believe. I believe. Because it's way better to be a believer. And I'm not just talking to a random believer. I'm talking about a believer and a follower of Jesus Christ and the new life that he brings to us. There's no life like it. And if you're not having fun doing it, you're doing it wrong. Okay? And that's one of the reasons we keep coming back to church so we can make sure that we're learning to do this thing right. But as a believer, you must grow. And I want to share with you this morning some big words. And these are... Uh, words from our theology and words from doctrine that are going to help us. You've heard these words. You're familiar with these words, but we need to stack them in the right order, make them real plain for you so, you, so we can begin to see where am I at in this whole process here. So I want to start out in the first one, and in a moment I'll show, show you a little more on this, but the first one is regeneration. Everybody say regeneration. Okay, the first one is regeneration. And Mary, if you could show them on the screen here. Regeneration is an act of God in which he imparts new spiritual life into us. This is when we get born again. So when something is regenerated, it starts over. And so we got born again. Jesus said you must be You must be born again. He's saying, I want this for you so bad. I've packed so much in this. I don't want you to miss it. I'm I'm making it a command. You must be born again. You'll be so glad that you got born again. How many many of you remember when you got born again? I vividly remember uh, getting born again and the difference in my life. And for some of you, it's very dramatic. Some of you, you know, it's just kind of like you were raised in it. It was the next thing to do. But I'll tell you what, you need to capture hold of it today and realize this is an awesome thing. Because what happened at regeneration, and, and let me go over this again. It was an act of God in which he imparted new spiritual life into you. You were born again. Now, the second word is justification. Everybody say justification. Justification. And Mary, if we could show them justification. And it's this, an instantaneous legal act of God in which he, number one, considers our sins as forgiven through Christ. Is that not awesome? It's a legal decision that he, he considered our sins as forgiven through Christ. And number two, he declares us to be righteous in his sight. That's awesome. Roll the film again. And the third one is this, 
Sanctification. Everybody say sanctification. Sanctification. Now, these are all big words. You go, why are they so big? I don't know. But it's important because they get used so much that we understand not only what they are, but how they all fit together. And this is going to help us to kind of get a launching place to really begin to grow. Mary, if you could show them sanctification. It is a progressive work of God and man that makes us more and more free from sin and more and more like Christ in our actual lives. And this is what I want to call sanctification. If you follow what's happening there, sanctification is growth. Everybody say growth. There's a lot of different ideas out there about regeneration and how that happens and justification, sanctification. And here's the best thing to help us understand it. Just go to the Bible. Just go to the Bible and it will make it clear for us. And some people think that sanctification is an instantaneous kind of thing. And really, again, as we go to Scripture, we're going to find that it's a process. It's a process. And we're in that process. And in this process... Follow me now. We're growing and we're becoming more and more free from sin. How many of you are doing better than you used to do? We're more and more free from sin. You know, we're growing. Get that little turn in there. See, that's growth. Uh, More and more free from sin and more and more like Jesus. And so we're in that process. That's the zone that we're in. Now, instead of using all these big words all the time, though, sanctification, I'm going to refer to that now as growth. Everybody say growth again. Now, regeneration is a work that God does in us. He does something in us. And I'll describe that more in a moment. Justification is is something that God does about us, over us, regarding us. And so the one, regeneration, is in us. And secondly, it's a work regarding us. Now, with regeneration, God is like a surgeon. He's like a surgeon. And what he does, he works on the inside of us. And you know what he does? Heart transplant. And he goes in and he takes out that cold, stony heart. And he takes that out of us and he puts in a new and living heart loaded with the life of God. And then he cleans up whatever else that he needs to clean up. And he's like a surgeon. Now, with justification, he's a judge. And so instead of the scalpel, now he has a gavel. And the gavel comes down and he makes a declaration. He makes a decree. He issues a verdict and a decision over us. A legal decision that is now standing because he is the judge of everything. Are are y'all with me so far? So we've got all of that going on. And then we come to sanctification and sanctification is God and you. It's God and us working together in this process where we grow. Everybody say grow again. Now, the Christian life is a balance and maybe balance is not the the total best word. Maybe better said this way. The Christian life is a combo of grace and effort. Grace and effort. Grace comes from who? Come on, grace comes from who? Comes from God. And who's to put out a little effort? Okay. Now, I say it's a combo because it's not essentially a, a, a total picture of a balance in this sense because there's much more grace involved than there is effort on our part. Aren't you glad for the grace of God today? 
And so it's his grace, it's his kindness, it's his mercy, it's his power, it's his help, it's his forgiveness. That he is constantly at work in us. And we're going we're gonna to see this in just a moment from Scripture. But he's working, he's doing a work of grace. But it also requires some effort on our part. Now, some people say, no, no, it's all God. Let go and let God. And that distorts the truth of all of this. Because when it's, when it's all God, that's, that's really not going to work out. Well, how do you know that? Because we look at the Bible and you look at the bulk of what we're, uh, we got stuff to do. There are things that we are to be involved in and, and cooperate with God. There are others that believe that this process of growth or sanctification, it's all effort. We've got to work this out. We've got to do this. Got to pay that back. Got to do this. And you know what? That's not going to work either. Because your hardest, best efforts are filthy rags. It's not going to work. So it's this divine combo balance of the grace of God, effort on our part. Of course, there's much more grace than there is effort, but that's what helps us to grow. Now, I want to show you maybe a little chart here. And uh, whether you knew it or not, I'm really not an artist, but I'm going to show you something here. Sanctification or growth begins at regeneration when you get born again. And at that point, something happened. Come on, do you remember when you got born again? Something happened. An internal, moral, something changed. New nature came on the inside of you. Something began at that point. And so that's when sanctification also begins. It doesn't, it doesn't start before then. It happens at that point. And then sanctification or growth. Say growth again. Growth is to continue and increase throughout your whole life. And then it is never finished. It's never finished until we either, what I call, either die or fly. So then when life is over, then we're perfected in holiness. So let me try to draw this out for you a little bit. We're going along here, living life without God, slaves to sin, just kind of wandering along, making a mess. How many of you remember that part of your life? And there's no joy and there's no peace. I try to find things to make joy and peace and they don't last. They're cheap substitutes and they actually make me more miserable afterwards. Come on, I'm just telling you the truth today. And then what comes in, in, in some circles is called the gospel call. Now, we don't, we don't necessarily use phrases like that too much. But the Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Well, how will they call upon him in whom they've not believed? And how will they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear unless without a preacher or those that would declare and publish or issue this call? And so we're going along in our life making a mess, thinking we're okay, knowing that things are missing. But we look around us and the company that we keep, everybody's in the same boat. And so we're going along. But then when we hear and respond to that call, then let's go ahead and make this baseline here. This is conversion, or this is when we get born again, or if you'll remember our big words here, this is when regeneration took place. Y'all with me so far? And now we are to start to what? We're to start to grow. And I wish it just went just like this. Now, some people act that way. Yes. I don't sleep, I pray. (laughs) Been fasting for four months. Yeah, and you will be pants on the ground then, but, but, and goofy too. But anyway, 
And then some, they make a little bit of progress and then they kind of flatline or whatever would happen. You know, and truly flatline. We're losing them. And that's a good time for paddles. Paddles to get them going again. And sometimes paddles on your tail. How many of you know God can do both? And it's good for you. Why? Why is God God doing that? Because he wants you to grow. And so what we should be doing is growing and increasing, growing and increasing. What's going on here? Growth. But how is it happening? It's happening by grace and it's happening by effort. And I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. Ah, and then his grace and he just helps us. And and we're going and it looks, it looks like the market. (laughs) Ah, you know, and this happens. (laughs) How many of you, that's your testimony right there. (laughs) Ah, but we keep going, we keep going. And then I've kind of run out of space because this is not very realistic. It looks like fire, actually. <laughs> and then we either die or fly. And then once we cross this line, we are now perfected in holiness. Now, here's a wonderful thing. At regeneration or when we got born again, all of this mess back here, we were slave to sin. That's canceled. The sin, the shame, the power of that is broken because of regeneration, and we're, that's, that's the old me. I no longer live. I'm dead to those things. I'm alive now in Christ. And Scripture is all over about that. So now we got a fresh new start, brand new start. Regeneration not only happened at this point. Guess what else happened at this point? Justification, which means God made a legal decree at this point when you got born again and hadn't even started to grow. God made a legal declaration right here that you were perfected in holiness, that your sins were forgiven, and that you were right with God. And you hadn't grown a lick. So thank God for regeneration. Thank God for justification. See, y'all are learning big words at church. And now we're in. This is where we are, actual life. We're getting more and more free from sin. And we're becoming more and more like Jesus. And it's that constant combo. Thank God for the combo of his, of his grace and effort on our part. Amen. Growth happens as we cooperate with God. Now, God will do his part. How many of you know God will do his part? I'm going to hurry, but I've got to cover all of this. Philippians tells us, and I'm I'm not going to put it up right now. It says, for it is God who is at work. God who is at work. And where is he at work? He's at work in you. He's working in you. He's working with you. God is at work. I want to read this verse to you out of Hebrews chapter 13, verse 20 and 21. New Living Translation. It says, now may the God of peace... Who brought again from the dead, our Lord Jesus, watch this, equip you. He's working, but he's working with you. Equip you with all you need for doing his will. May he produce in you, through the power of Jesus Christ, all that is pleasing to him. Jesus is the great shepherd of the sheep. Hold hold on to the idea. Jesus is the great shepherd of the sheep. And the sheep are between these two fences. 
And we're trying to get past this fence into the safe zone. And he, during all of this time, is the shepherd of the sheep. Not just the shepherd, great shepherd of the sheep. And and as we read on here, by an everlasting covenant, signed with his blood, which means what? He meant business, which, which meant I will work with you and I will get you there. Signed it in his blood. And then it says to him be glory forever and ever. Amen. So we've got God doing his part, causing you to want his will, empowering you to be able to do his will. And then you've got your part and your part is a mix of passive and active. There's part of you that just needs to listen and part of you that needs to wait and part of you that needs to yield. There's, there's a passive part of this. And then there's an, also an active part where you strive to obey and you take steps so that you can grow and you cooperate with God. In Romans chapter 8, verse 13, it says, For if you keep following it, reference the flesh, you'll perish. You stay on this line, you'll perish. But, everybody say but. But if... Through the power of the Holy Spirit, you turn from it and its evil deeds, you will live. Who does the turning? You do. He empowers you. He equips you. He instructs you to turn. And you cannot do it. And we'll get into this in the future weeks. You can't do it on your own. And this is the major ministry of the Holy Spirit. And I don't care what your background is. We're going Bible, folks. We're going Bible and you will see I have no power to make it through the day except for the power of the Holy Spirit. I have no power against sin except for the power of the Holy Spirit. And you don't need to be afraid of the Holy Spirit. He is your helper. I know some people get whack over here and some people avoid him altogether. But I'm telling you what, we need the power of the Holy Spirit because it's by the power of the Holy Spirit that we're able to make it across that track. And then it says also back in Philippians chapter 2 that God is at work in you. It says, but you work out your own salvation. And God is working in you to will and to do for his good pleasure. Now, let me try to draw this for you again because I know you enjoyed this drawing so much. I'm going to try to draw a boat. Let me see what you're drawing on your little paper there. <laughs> you have a little bench there. You with me? A water. A shark. <laughs> All right. Best thing to do is stay in the boat. That's you. Actually, the best thing is you have God in the boat with you. Okay? Now, hold on. And you have an oar, because you've got a part to play. My own daughter-in-law laughing at me. And God has an oar. I ran out of room for God's oar. Now, if we leave it just to God to do all the work, let's just say it's here, and God's working then you're going to be going in circles. Now, first service, I did it the wrong way, and I had fishermen come tell me, your boat's going the wrong way. So, it's not easy. 
So God's working. But if you're doing nothing, let me make this statement. You're going to continue to go in circles with God. And I know people and I've watched people. They just keep going in the circle with God. God keeps working. God loves them. God's not letting up. He's working, he's working, he's working. He's loving, he's helping. Cut you a break, I'll help you, I'll scoot you a little bit here. I'm gonna whack you just a little bit, get your attention and, and, and keep on, keep on going. But I tell you what, if you just are not doing your part, then you're gonna keep going in circles. But at some point, God works in you and you respond. And he says, row. And you go, now? Yeah, now. And you row. Row some more. Do two in a row. It's called consistency. Dig in, dig in. Now, rest, rest, hold up. You know, we went white water rafting this, this past summer, the last two summers we've done that. And uh, you have a guide in the back of the boat. I'm so thankful for him. <laughs> he tells you all this stuff and how to use everything and practice. And he goes, now listen to my commands. And you do what I say when I tell you to do it. And when I tell you to stop, you stop. When I tell you to dig in, you, you dig in. If I say, give me four, you give me four. If you give me two, if I say, go backwards, whatever it is, you do it and we'll make it. Because this water is 40 degrees and there's rocks in the water. And if you don't do the way I tell you, then you're going to end up out in the water in the rocks. Two years ago, I did that. And those same fishermen that told me about the direction, they said, Pastor, that's probably why you ended up in the water. I said, yeah, get some sunscreen. Go, yeah, yeah. But, anyway. but if we will, listen, if we will cooperate with God and say, I don't have the strength, God will do supernatural things in you to help you, to give you the strength, to give you the instruction. He's working, you're working, and you will make progress. And you will grow and you will go. Amen. I'll sign that. We're going to auction it off. All right, let me kind of wrap this up. There are no shortcuts. There are no shortcuts. Don't look for them. It's day by day. Everybody say day by day. This is day by day, every day. And let me tell you just a few of the things. We'll get into them a little more. A few things you're going to have to do. And I hate to bring it up. You know, it's almost lunchtime and Valentine's and all that stuff. Got to tell you stuff. But day by day, you're going to need to start praying. And day by day, on a consistent basis, you're going to need to start reading the Bible, studying the Bible. You need to make it a regular pattern and habit of your life that when these church doors are open, the lights are on, that you're here. Because there's discipleship value in this. And this will help you to grow. And this is going to help you way more than TV. It's going to help you way more than some hobby or habit or whatever. It's going to, be. It's going to help you way more. Because there's discipleship value to help you to grow. And there's self-disciplines. And there's self-control. And there's fellowship. And there's being nice to people. And there's things that God would have you to do that are going to help you to grow in him. And this growth affects your whole person. I don't care who you are. If you start to grow in one area in a positive way, it will affect your confidence. It will affect your joy level. I mean, you go and do something you're supposed to do. You feel happy about it. You got to tell somebody, I, I just cleaned my room. I, I, I just fixed the tire. You know, whenever you do something productive, it affects you in more than just that one area. And think when you grow spiritually, it affects your whole person, your whole being. Spirit, soul, body, your emotions, your relations, your confidence, your joy, your peace. It affects you in every, 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 every way. 
And it's not just about affecting you. Not only does it affect you, consequently, it affects everybody and everything that's connected to you. So I'm going to tell you what, you're either pumping life into the people around you or you're sucking life right back out of them. And we're here to be a blessing. You're here to be a blessing. And there's no greater joy than to ride that ride and cut across that field that I told you about. That Jesus, the great shepherd of our soul, giving you grace as you expend some effort. He'll help you get across there. And we've got to grow. Come on, we've got to grow. Life and godliness is what we've been given everything for life and godliness. The practical and the spiritual go together. You've got to understand this is not just a spiritual thing. Okay, pray for me and I'll grow. Yeah, I'll pray for you that you grow, but there's some things you got to do to grow. And it's this, it's this mix of practical and spiritual. And as we do this, let me just, let me just tell you this. If you're going to do better, and I hear that from people, so I, I know I'm going to do better. I'm going to do better. People get in trouble. I'm going to be better. I'm going to, I'm going to do better. If you're going to do better, if you're going to get better, if your situation's going to get better, it's going to be because you are growing. And because you're growing spiritually. And let me tell you that the spiritual is first. The spiritual is first. The Bible tells us, 3 John verse 2. Beloved, I wish that you would prosper and be in health in all things, even as your soul prospers. It's from the inside out. And that word prosper, do you know what it means in the Greek right there? It means to succeed. And its literal meaning is this, to have a good journey. To have a good journey. I want to make it across that path that we talked about. I want to have a good journey. Now I'm going to wrap it up right here. Hold up. Hold, 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 hold. Thank you, but wait one second. And then we'll all do that. Here's our first steps, okay? I'm going to wrap it up right here, but here's our first steps. Number one, hear me. You need to acknowledge, I need to grow. So if that's you and you acknowledge, I need to grow, I want you to say, I need to grow. Second thing is the second step is this. You've got to make a decision. Say, I want to grow. If that's you, say, I, I want to grow. And third thing is this. You need to make a decision. I will start cooperating with God. You know, there's so many things. I know I need to do that. And sometimes we even get over to the place. I know I want to, but you know what? You just need to start. You just need to start. And, you know, we're going to continue to feed you this. I don't know if it'll be as dramatic and artful as today. But we're going to continue over the next few weeks as we get on this process of growth. It's time for us to really start to take off in our personal and spiritual life and grow in grace and knowledge. Do you get anything at all out of this today? Thank you, Lord.